Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Did you know you can improve a second grade teacher's effectiveness by having her walk through her classroom on her knees? As she sees that space from a second grader's perspective, she will naturally be better equipped to teach her little pupils. Any profession can improve with more empathy. Did you know that the major fast food chains spend bundles of money sending fake customers into their stores to see the experience through the customer's eyes? Advertising firms on Madison Avenue make their living by putting themselves in the consumer's shoes. Many growing churches are growing because they study the experience of a first-time visitor, and the pastor imagines what it is like to sit in the pew. Disneyland's cast members know that guests will average 60 contact opportunities in a single day at their theme park, and they want to make each of them a magic moment, so they continually work at empathizing with families. The question is how? How do they empathize? How does anyone empathize, especially in marriage? Well, the parrot's answer is, step one, set aside your own agenda temporarily. Step two, turn on your emotional radar. Step three, demonstrate your care and concern. Well, we've already talked about step one, setting aside your own agenda temporarily. Today, we're going to look at step two, turning on your emotional radar. According to psychologist and author Daniel Goleman, a finely tuned ear is at the heart of empathy. You know, here's an interesting experiment to see how good your current emotional radar is. Get a copy of of the classic movie Gone with the Wind. Put the movie in your DVD player, turn it on, and watch the movie for a few minutes with the sound off. Watch the faces of the actors as they interact and record how you feel. This crazy little exercise is a quick study in how much can be conveyed non-verbally. And it's a lesson every spouse who wants to master the second major step in empathy, mutual understanding, and trading places can learn, turning on your emotional radar. I know I sure wish I had learned how to do this earlier in my marriage. Well, think with me for a minute how, in simple terms, radar works. A transmitter emits radio waves, which are reflected by the target and detected by a receiver. Ah, That's basically it. As we apply this analogy to marriage, it's important to realize that a radio signal, though very weak, can still be detected by radar. In fact, that may be what radar does best. It picks up signals that are being missed and amplifies them. And that's what the parrots mean when they talk about emotional radar. When you learn to pick up on emotional signals that your spouse is transmitting, when you tune into them, you are practicing the second step of empathy, mutual understanding, and trading places. It all comes down to detecting your partner's emotions. I know, I can hear some of you already talking back to your radio and saying, I'm no good at picking up on other people's emotions. Well, actually, you're probably better than you think. Some will find this more challenging than others, and in general, men aren't usually as good at this as women. I'm going to share with you some of the practical tools from the parrots that have the potential to drastically improve your capacity to detect the emotional signals your spouse is sending out. American writer Albert Hubbard said, 
He who does not understand your silence will probably not understand your words. The person who learns to decode their spouse's emotional radar signals sees cues and messages that the untrained eye repeatedly misses. They scan the social scene with their partner for important details to guide their actions. They not only listen to the words being spoken, they observe their spouse's nonverbals. They pay attention to voice tone, facial expressions, and eye contact. They are tuned in to unspoken feelings and are sensitive to signals that convey their partner's heart. Researchers believe that about 90% of emotional communication is nonverbal. Harvard psychologist Robert Rosenthal developed an assessment of people's ability to read emotional cues called the Profile of Nonverbal Sensitivity, or PONS for short. He shows subjects a film of a young woman expressing feelings like anger, jealousy, love, and gratitude. And unbeknownst to the viewer, one or another nonverbal cues has been edited out. In some instances, the face is visible but not the body, or the woman's eyes are hidden, so the viewers have to judge the feelings by subtle cues. People with higher pond scores, even if their IQ is quite average, tend to be more successful in marriages, enjoying a deeper connection and more happiness. What's encouraging is that he found that everyone, from the novice to the expert, can improve their PON scores. That means we can all get better at detecting our partner's emotions. There appears to actually be a science side to all of this. So for those of you who are more prone that way, I suggest you do a Google search on mirror neurons. Well, why doesn't empathy happen more often? The short answer, lack of attention. In other words, we've got to tune into our partner to activate our brain for empathy. Think about it this way. You probably have a radio in your home. You'll never hear music from it until you tune into a station that's emitting a signal. And if you turn it on and you hear nothing but static, you'd look for a station that would come in. Just as you might adjust the knob on your radio to fine-tune the reception of a radio signal, you've got to adjust your attention to focus on your partner. Otherwise, empathy doesn't have a chance. Paying attention allows us to turn on our emotional radar. Now, to say it another way, your capacity for empathy, mutual understanding, and trading places is strongest when you are focused on your spouse. No big surprise, right? But think for a minute what this means. This means being alert, listening carefully, staying watchful and observant. This takes intentionality, and it doesn't happen at the level we need it to on its own. Well, most of the time, we can direct or inhibit our attention. If you're getting a shot from your doctor, you are almost certain to give that attention. Pain, in fact, is one of the great primal attention grabbers, you can't help but to focus your attention on it. But seeing your wife at the sink doing dishes, well, not so much. You're not compelled to focus on her experience at that moment. And sadly, some couples rarely dedicate their attention to their spouse. In the busyness and humdrum of life, they suffer from what the parrots call the marriage trance. They fall into a self-absorbed state and eventually become the two proverbial ships passing in the night never taking serious notice of each other's emotions, never giving each other attention. And that's why empathy doesn't happen more often. But it doesn't have to be that way. We already know that 
Words communicate only a little of what your spouse really thinks, feels, or means. In fact, sometimes words do not communicate much at all. Research shows that face-to-face communication regarding attitudes and feelings is 7% what people say, 38% of how they say it, and 55% body language. People's emotions are rarely put into words. Far more often they are expressed through other cues, tone of voice, gestures, facial expression, and the like. A common rule of thumb used in communications research is that 90% or more of an emotional message is nonverbal. Thus the question is, how can you tune in to these nonverbal messages? How can you read emotions that aren't being articulated? Once you tune into your partner with your attention, how do you activate your emotional radar? Well, empathy calls for loving your partner with both your head and heart concurrently. Most of us do one or the other pretty well. We either feel our partner's pain with our heart, or we try to solve their problem with our head. Empathy demands we do both. In relationships, the parents have developed three main categories of people. Sympathizers, personalizers, and analyzers. And according to them, you can be a combination of more than one of these. So let's look first at the sympathizers. As is suggested by the name, your sympathetic leanings outweigh your analytical inclinations. In other words, your heart takes precedent over your head. This means that the challenge for you in activating your emotional radar will be to gain a more objective perspective than you are used to when tuning into your spouse. You will need to step back from your own emotions that often drive you and press the pause button. You'll need to ask yourself if you are projecting your own emotions onto your partner before you accurately understand them. Sympathizers are inclined to let their feelings guide them. When you see a situation, say say your spouse crying, for example, your emotional impulse is to rush in. But if you pause just for a moment and use your analytic abilities to consider your spouse, ask yourself, What would my partner want in this moment? What you're doing is you're actually fine-tuning your emotional radar and becoming more adept at this important second step toward empathy, mutual understanding, and trading places. If you are a sympathizer, such advice may not set well. As a sympathizer, you often take on a great deal of personal responsibility for your spouse's well-being. For example, you're more inclined than others to ruminate about upsetting exchanges you have had with him or her. And because of this, you pay an emotional price. Your emotional perspective causes you to be so focused on the ups and downs of your relationship without the desired analytic balance that you are susceptible to riding an emotional roller coaster in your marriage and experiencing empathy distress or compassion fatigue. Without objectivity, without an analytical perspective, your emotions get the better of you, and before long, you'll burn out from your own anguish or exhaustion when faced with an inordinate amount of suffering. Sympathizers, here's your goal. To lean into your analytical capacities by pressing your emotional pause button and checking out your partner's feelings before you make emotional assumptions. In other words, Don't let your feelings cloud your objectivity. Thanks for being with us today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. I know I sure have. 
Have a great weekend. Find yourself in a great Bible-believing church here in the Treasure Valley. God bless you. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.